What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vidmark. I'm very excited this week to be joined by special guest Mike Hobazal, who is a web and app developer. He's just a phenomenal guy, very intelligent, very smart. Uh, this is going to be a really fun episode, diving into apps and all the many things that go along with that. So uh, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to Vidmark, a podcast to give you the video marketing knowledge to always hit the mark. Let us help build your confidence with video strategy and content creation best practices. Join us weekly for pro tips and guest interviews as we explore the powerful communication tool of video. It's time to boost your business. Let's talk video. All right. Welcome back to Vidmark, everyone. I'm joined by a very special guest, Mike. I don't even think I've ever said your last name. Do you want to like make sure I don't butcher it? How do you say your last name? Obazal. Obasol, thank you for uh, joining me on the show. I don't really have an intro for you, so maybe do you want to tell the viewers uh, a little bit about about yourself, maybe about your background and um, about your app too? Yeah, uh, so I am a web and app developer at uh, Instrument Marketing here in Portland, Oregon. Um, I from Portland, Oregon, uh, and then I went to the University of Oregon where I met you. Um, and I've been working at Instrument for the past five years or so, almost six years. And in that time, kind of learned about web development, app development, and um, actually created an application called TypeLoop and uh, recently sold that last year. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. A lot to unpack there. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll start at the beginning. We'll start with, at Oregon, yeah. which um, I think is really cool. We met like through Duck TV, which was an awesome experience yeah. where you're like very hands-on. And I think you were doing like web development for Duck TV, but uh, obviously learned a few like video production tricks along the way because your setup looks awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we were just uh, talking about before this. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so um, I, I, yeah, I joined duck TV. It was kind of random. It was like, Oh, I'm, I can do websites. Cause I I've been doing websites since middle school. So I've kind of a self-taught, uh, coder and, um, joined duck TV and just, it was funny. I was just kind of running the show for the website, like the only person. And, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. And it was fun to be like an extra in some of those random comedy shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of different hats get to be worn. That's yeah. wild. You were the main guy on that. You cut out a little bit at the beginning of, of uh, your response, but um, yeah, I remember that. Good times. Yeah. I Some things are freezing, so if uh, I'll let you know if they're freezing, I guess, and we could cut or something. <laughs> Sounds good. No worries. Uh, so, okay, so you started like teaching yourself web design. Uh, something, I'm not going to I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but one of the common like themes be that I read recently, I don't know if this is a true fact or not, but uh, a lot of like geniuses or everyone that's like, really good around computers has like built their own at age like 12 or 13. Was that similar for you? Did you build your own computer? Uh, I never built a computer. I actually built a computer for the first time last year. So oh, wow. uh, I, I was actually... Um, my family just had a really, really crappy computer and I just kind of would, I mean, that was back in the day of DSL and like dial up. So uh, <laughs> everything had to be at, you know, I don't, so much slower than it is today. Like 
gaining information, you know, web, web pages would load probably half, half the speed. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, now I never, never built computers. Uh, never, there wasn't a lot of hardware stuff that I did, but was definitely more of a software person. Gotcha. And just like teaching yourself code and, and things like that. Yeah. A lot of it was actually, so me and my friend would actually make YouTube videos back in, uh, this was like 2004, 2005. So it was actually when YouTube first started and wow. we made YouTube videos and, uh, I would, uh, well, so I was the website guy. And so I put all our YouTube videos on our website. Um, but also I would, it was back in the day when you could comment on your video by yourself. Like I commented on our video like a thousand times and became the most commented video on the YouTube ranks back then. So that's pretty <laughs> awesome. The wild West back then. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So you, that's cool. That, that's something you should definitely tell a lot of people about like most commented yeah. video back in the like oh, original but- days when there's just like, the original oh, like elephant video on oh YouTube. it was just uh smosh was probably the biggest thing back then and uh but honestly that's a missed opportunity like if i would have capitalized on youtube being on youtube that far in the beginning i should be you know youtube famous but i'm not <laughs> that's funny yeah i i kind of hopped on it too and yeah looking back i mean i i think it's just tough like being a kid you don't really understand like strategy and like how to think like long term with like content and i i would have never predicted that google was gonna buy youtube yeah um which i think that was a big thing that helped catapult them to the next level um well that's cool so you've always been able to kind of like marry the two things together of um like video production web design and then um yeah maybe you can fast forward to today like how you're using those two different things yeah yeah so um i mean in my kind of day-to-day job i work at instrument marketing and so we do a lot of uh like marketing websites um but we we work with some pretty big names um not i don't get to touch too much kind of like video stuff really but uh it's a lot of just kind of how companies, I mean, I get to see the whole process of creating kind of these marketing pages from design to um, client side and seeing how clients want to present themselves, how they want to strategize in terms of like SEO. Um, and then it, a lot of times it comes to me to kind of just build out these websites um, with like a team. Um, but primarily I've been doing a lot of stuff that's more um, uh, rapid prototyping. So that's more like what is the kind of stuff we can develop, not now, but like maybe in the like near future, we can implement these kind of features on our website that are kind of more flashy uh, and aren't gonna work right now because it's it's kind of that newer technology. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's a really cool job, very challenging too. Like how do you, where do you even begin? Because the future can change like so rapidly based on a new app that comes out. Like who knows, we could all be, I don't know, they figure out some kind of new technology that we implement. I mean, you can kind of have a somewhat of a pulse on it, but yeah. Where do you begin with all of that? Uh, I mean, in terms of, I mean, it depends on kind of like whether it's application development or web development. So, um, but basically keeping up on new features that are being implemented um, into like browsers. So like, uh, transparent videos are kind of the new technology that's coming and it's not like fully supported yet. Um, 
you know, it is if you have like the latest Mac OS and like the latest Safari and or Chrome. Uh, but it's those kind of things where you kind of keep, you have to keep up to date and kind of just kind of learn as you go. But it's a lot of experimentation too. So it's a lot of being able to have the time to kind of execute on those things. That's wild. Uh, I feel like a big noob for having the, uh, the Vidmark podcast. I don't know what a transparent video is, but I also don't always have a pulse yeah. on the, but I'm sure the listeners have an, are, are curious. Like what, yeah. what's your definition of a transparent video? Oh, so that would, I mean, just kind of like, uh, a, you know, like a PNG, how you can kind of cut the frame out and have, uh, you know, you can kind of background out of a person and kind of place it anywhere. Um, that's kind of, how and maybe in video terms it'd be like masking like being mm -hmm. able to mask out a video and put a different background behind it so you're able to now kind of develop or export videos with the transparent background so you could technically have a person you know with no background on your website kind of a thing mm -hmm. um, maybe that's hard to explain but no I, I got you and yeah i think you see that sometimes like in the bottom right corner like it looks like someone's talking to you yeah and, yeah and i think yeah i i guess the concept behind it is ease of use so you don't have to actually like click into the video it just like maybe automatically starts playing yeah um another big thing is with like uh light mode and dark mode so a lot of websites will have like a white background but will be adaptive so you can have a black background and so you'd only need one video asset that works on both kind of backgrounds wow oh. yeah that's good to know and i think do you also consider mobile throughout all this too because like, like yeah uh definitely um i mean a lot of the designers that i work with start from kind of mobile first um that's just kind of where the market usage is and um you kind of have to you, you kind of want to build the best experience you can on mobile and not have just like a stripped down kind of crappy website for for the mobile users <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's wild um very cool so yeah you're probably always thinking of these like you know high concept things and that's awesome that they give you the free reign to just pursue doing whatever like trying to imagine where things are going um I guess going through, like, maybe we can talk about your app and you can just like walk me through type loop and very big congratulations. I think when, when we, uh, first were like scheduling yeah. this, you're like, I actually don't, I'm not working on type loop anymore. I was like, what? And you, you said that you sold it. So maybe you can talk everyone through like how the initial idea, you know, came to be and maybe some of the challenges along the way. Yeah. Um, so basically started um, with my colleague, Mike Gus. Um, and so he, he had been a designer who was working at Instrument. Um, and he actually, before he left Instrument, this was back in like March of 2019, he, he had reached out to some people and was like, hey, do you know people who know like app development? So it kind of got funneled to me and I was like, oh yeah, I know some app development. So at this point I'd only been doing it for maybe a year or two, like barely scratching the surface. Um, so he basically got in contact with me and we started like talking and I personally, I don't like to do a lot of like freelance kind of work or like, um, and that was kind of the idea. I was like, Oh, I could pay you to do this. Um, but we were talking, I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like I, and he's like, well, you want to go like 50, 50 on it? I'm like, hell yeah. So 
that started that whole kind of relationship and building this app. Um, and from the get-go, it was kind of like, like what I was mentioning before, kind of like making this prototype of like, is this actually even possible? Um, and so in the first like few months, it was just me kind of playing around and testing and him sending me designs. Um, and it basically, I don't know, it, it feels like it, I mean, it happened pretty fast. It, we just started building, started working together and riffing. Um, and this was and, like 2017? No, 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 2019. Oh, so okay. March still, of 2019. Yeah. Man, things moved uh, really quickly then for you Yeah, guys. yeah. Um, and I want to say, let's see. So we started kind of prototyping the app, and it was kind of like figuring out, kind of building it up. Because it started basically, basically what Mike does to give a little bit background of him. He's uh, like, he's a designer, but also he does these cool kind of like typographic animations. So, um, which is something I remember from like kinetic type music videos back in the day. Um, so he he does a lot of cool experimental stuff like that, and people have been reaching out to him, being like, "Hey, would you make something for my company, or would you make something uh, for me?" And Mike was like, well, hey, like a lot of people are asking for this. Like, it'd be cool to make a tool where we could do that. Um, and so that's where it started. And so the premise is you have this, uh, what, what started is just kind of like 12 different kind of animations where you type in your text and then it kind of animates it. Um, and so we, we built on top of that to where there was kind of this motion layer so where the text is moving whether it's like moving around in a circle or kind of like doing a little wavy thing um we we expanded onto that to have an effect layer which is kind of more of the like warpy thing so you can have your your text moving like that and then you can have it come in 3d and get all wow. get all crazy so that was that was a lot of the beginning was kind of making these decisions of um because at first it was like, well, you pick an animation and that's it. And then it was like, well, if actually if you could pick these two different elements, uh, you could get a little bit more unique per person mm -hmm. for animation. So that was really cool to, to, to riff on. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's cool. And then, yeah, once there's two, probably the combinations really open up the yeah. doors for all kinds of things. That was yeah. a smart way to start with. Yeah, the demand was already there. And so you guys weren't having to just create something and like cross your fingers and hope for the best. You were already yeah. getting feedback from people. And I definitely remember, yeah, like you were talking about those like music videos where uh, those were the most popular things on YouTube where music videos with text on them with really cool text and transitions. So good for yeah. you guys. Yeah, and it it definitely grew into, I mean, nowadays it's like, you got to kind of capture somebody's attention on Instagram and you don't have a three minute music video. It's like 12 second little loop. So. Wow. Yeah. What were um, some of the challenges along the way? Did you have to like figure out how to make, like compress these files? So that way it wasn't like massive yeah. things were sitting <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was basically the, the, the first kind of challenge was like, how do I like, Cause I knew how to like animate on an app or a website, but it's like, how do you turn that animation into actual like MP4 file type? Uh, and how do you kind of manage resolutions and pixel size? Um, and so that was definitely the first hurdle of like learning was like, uh, you know, do I create like 
a thousand images and stitch them together. Um, and it turns out if you do that, your the app will crash because it's just yeah. way too high quality <laughs> of images and it takes about like 20 minutes. So that was definitely the first part is kind of just researching into how this could be done, um, which iOS actually has a lot of kind of frameworks if you're developing an app to kind of do some of these things, but not, I mean, they get you maybe about 50% of the way and then you kind of have to figure out the rest. Wow. Can you, that's, that's cool. That's what I was curious if you, if you used any like kind of supplements and, you know, for people out there wanting to start their own app, do you recommend it? Should you go to a, a developer? Like what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, this, I, I would say the, the, the problem I was kind of addressing with the app is like a little bit something that's not some it's not common like not a lot of people have done what we did so uh in that case i had to kind of like find resources where they're not like heavily documented um like if you're making an app and you and you're like oh it's it's kind of like twitter you could probably find like a hundred youtube videos about like how to make a twitter clone um and how to develop it um so that was part of the difficult thing was like how do i how do you make something that no one's made? And that's kind of like, you kind of have to piece together Well, this person made uh, an app that does this or something. Um, and this person did an app that does this and you kind of stick those two together. Um, and with app development, um, uh, I use, a, use GitHub, which is kind of like an open source code repository. Um, and you're actually able to search through like different kind of search people's code that are made public. Um, and that's kind of where I was able to draw kind of techniques of how people do things. Um, wow. But if, if you don't know any development, um, I mean, there's, you probably want to either consult a developer or, uh, I mean, you could learn. Everybody can learn how to develop an app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think you jumped into it. Like you've already had like 10 years at least of experience. So it probably isn't as, um, yeah, it's a little different a task. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. So you're able to kind of piece together some different pieces of code and, um, it does it all like speak to get, does it all work together? Do you have to also like, no, you have to rig it that it. way. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> That's kind of where the prototype thing is, is like you make something that works and then, um, after it works, it's like, all right, cool. It works. But, uh, probably not going to work if we send this out to a thousand users or something, somebody it's going to break somewhere along the line. So it's going from that prototype and refining it down and trying to figure out all the bugs. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge challenge. So you went into the unknown, built something that hadn't been built before. Um, yeah. And then I guess, you know, one of the other questions I, I wanted to ask you, Oh, what's that? Oh, I was going to say it, it probably could have been built before, but not like publicly uh, documented how people build them. Like, yeah, that's another thing is like trade secrets, like Instagram, they have all their like sticker functionality, but they're not just going to tell everybody how to do it. Definitely. Um, did you guys wind up like sharing the love with people afterwards? Are you like pretty open to sharing with, uh, I think uh, they call it like open source, right? To like just make it available for everyone as a, as a company. No. <laughs> and after, after, after selling the company, no, we can't really do that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, what did that, what was that like? Um, the transition, did you guys like, 
did it come like pretty quickly like all all my frame of reference is from like silicon valley so were you just like on the (laughs) yeah have you seen that tv series yeah 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 or he's just like sitting there and he's like evaluation of the app just like goes up exponentially just based on like the demand or like you know creating a competition of demand out there yeah no so um well when we kind of first released the app it was completely free we didn't have any sort of like premium features to it so um that was one thing that made it kind of like hard to be like is this actually a valuable asset? Like we, we don't know because people aren't paying for it. They're actually just getting it for free. So um, the first, so we actually got a message. Uh, I got a message on Twitter from a guy. It was like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to sell? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and so that was, that was cool. Um, but it was very, I mean, it was in my mind, very like kind of low bally. Um, so I kind of was, I just kind of brushed it off. I was like, no, nah, not going to do that. <laughs> and then, um, and then we actually developed kind of premium features and we were actually charging um, for, for an additional features on the app. So once we kind of proved out that people would pay for it, it was like, okay, now we have more to back us up if we're going into co- like negotiations. Mm. So, um, and then, yeah. And then the same guy on Twitter messaged me again, like three months later. And that's kind of how it started. And, that's so Ultimately interesting. <laughs> yeah. So those messages that people get, they're not completely bogus, I guess. <laughs> I guess not. No, yeah. I mean, That's cool. Yeah. If well, it's somebody okay. telling you you have like a million dollars in a foreign country, that might be sus- suspicious. But <laughs> yeah, send gift cards. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Gosh, that's a well. Congratulations to you guys. That's like a huge success story in a matter of like two years. That all kind yeah. of accumulated. It was pretty quick. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was really, it's, it was pretty fun though. Cause it was kind of like work that, you know, I, I like working in that kind of unknown world and kind of trying to figure things out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Clearly you're good at it. If you're, um, you know, your title is like rapid prototyper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like my, I, I guess learning from coding back in, back in the old days, it was just kind of do it as fast as possible. (laughs) Somehow I picked that up. Dude, that's, that's really inspiring. I think for a lot of people listening, like, yeah, following your curiosity, like you didn't know it was going to lead to what it did. And, um, it wound up kind of paying off. I mean, it was, it's not just the two years, it's the decades of all the experience and things that you've been working on, but that's cool. That's kind of accumulated. Do you think you'll, do you want to try to climb this kind of mountain again? Uh, maybe. I mean, that's the thing is, (laughs) It's kind of like, um, I, I think I did have kind of that in like intuition, that sense that like, oh, this could actually be a cool app and it could actually probably do well. So I think at this moment, I'm not like trying to force myself into anything, but if something comes up and I'm like, hey, that could be big. I mean, maybe, maybe I'll pursue that. Yeah, you're always open to it. Yeah. yeah, I would say, yeah, since you're shying away from freelance work, we won't, pr- we won't plug on the podcast that, you know, everyone can reach out to you for, to create their next app, but um, no, that's exciting. Hey, you can message me though. If, who knows? Okay. I, I mean, I, ha- I have my family members always coming up with something. I'm like, nah, that's already been done. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. I know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to be original and try to be outside the box. It's um, kind of like what you guys did take two different concepts and like morph them together 
and that uh well it's not that simple but i'm simplifying it that yeah you'd be able to yeah combine two like things and make it work then it, you can tread a yeah. new a new path yeah you know what i'm trying I, to say <laughs> yeah yeah it's also it's also kind of like seeing where kind of the market is trending towards you know and kind of like you know a lot of people are using instagram to kind of promote their business or promote kind of the their personal brand and so we kind of saw that maybe not originally maybe that wasn't our original like kind of target audience but it was like okay people people like to share stuff on instagram and they also want to share kind of like cooler stuff than other people are sharing you know and so it's like kind of getting a leg up or using an app that'll help you get there too wow i think something else that was uh fascinating when we were talking about this like many months ago pre-covid uh was that you didn't really do a lot of like promotional around this like it just kind of picked up its own uh steam like within the app right or am i yeah am i getting that wrong uh, no, you're pretty right. I'd, I'd say it probably started, um, I mean, in, uh, Mike, Mike Gus is pretty, he, he had maybe about like 2000 followers or maybe under 2000 followers. I had 400, I don't know. I've, I don't have that many followers. So it was, it was kind of, um, kind of bundling it with his personal brand actually kind of helped promote it. So That's like cool. a lot of people knew his animations. Um, and so it was kind of like, you know, an animation app with, by this cool animator you know so that that really helped um and um a lot of kind of like my friends and coworkers kind of shared it and then and then it was like we didn't really pay for any advertising especially when we weren't making money on it um we we just kind of let it happen and once it started like blowing up in brazil that was when it was like whoa there's a lot of people in brazil using our app which is really cool um that's awesome some international traction did you guys then like i guess was it already readable in other languages like portuguese no so we never um we didn't do any kind of translation stuff that's something that i it was kind of like always the like well we should probably do this at some point um because <laughs> people were downloading it in like russia and china and brazil and it's like well this could just like this is just kind of like a quality of life improvement for all of them but that was also going to be extra money to get a translation done for kind of everything. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I think a lot of the app was actually pretty intuitive enough that we didn't really need that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, the core functionality, I mean, even if you don't know English, you might not know how to do things or you'll, you'll know as much as the other people. Cause we don't really, we don't have like a walkthrough tutorial. It's kind of just, you open the app and you kind of have to do it. <laughs> You just learn it. And I think that's yeah. becoming more commonplace where like, you know, Snapchat, they just expect you to kind of learn how to do it. Or whenever they do an update for you know, Facebook or Instagram, you got to just, yeah, that's, that's interesting. A cactus knows how to survive. It can endure scorching heat, limited rainfall, and defends itself against critters daily. Your business is no different. To survive harsh conditions, it's important to develop deep roots using media content that'll continuously nourish and support your marketing efforts day after day. Tactus Media is here to help you determine a strategy and create media content. Together, let's map out the next sequence of videos, podcasts, and social media to help your business thrive. Work with Tactus Media, media tactics that stick. Ouch! 
Visit tactusmedia.com to learn more. What, what's your favorite part throughout all of this process? Like, is it just like trying to make things work? Is it like doing all this work and then it finally, I don't know, comes together? I know when I was taking some like coding classes, it's just mind blowing that I can just type in like this little bit of code and this functionality happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I think um, one, one, probably my favorite part was building kind of the effects code. Um, which is in a whole, it was a whole new language to me. And so that's written in a shader language, which is like, um, imagine if you were coding and instead of kind of like, you know, coding like, oh, I'm a, right here is gonna be a text box that says hello. It's more like at this pixel, you know, I have X and Y of this pixel, uh, set it to this color or move it in some way. And you're doing that for every pixel. And so that's kind of the effects language is you have to kind of manipulate. So you have one block of code that manipulates every pixel. And so you do that with like a lot of math and a lot of sign functions. So if you can imagine kind of like a sign graph um, and the ups and downs, you kind of use that to like take a pixel and move it up and down. And that's kind of what gives like wavy effects. Like a sign function is like kind of the core of of getting weird looking effects. <laughs> wow. I guess That's so that, that was cool to learn that. Yeah. Um, and second would probably be uh, just the, in, in terms of coding, second would be um, just the performance optimization. And so that would be like, cause I think at some points it would take like in the early, it would take like maybe five minutes to render a video, which is not great. And so cutting that down to in some cases, like, 16 seconds or like a minute was like very satisfying. Um, and when you're doing that, you're just kind of looking at numbers on the screen. You're like, Oh, it's too slow. <laughs> yeah, man. And so you guys were just setting your own benchmarks just for kind of the heck of it. Like that's, that's so wild. It's just like just the two of you trying to make it work. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the benchmarks you're trying to benchmark against kind of like I mean, if you try to benchmark against Instagram, you know, they, they're doing all servers that will, you know, probably do things in a matter of seconds um, while we're keeping everything kind of internal to the phone. So like, you don't need to be online to make a video from it. You know, you don't kind of like um, relay anything. So uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a problem to try to solve. Gosh, that's that's pretty wild. And especially once you add like that third element, like the 3d element and yeah, trying to like, you're explaining like kind of coding for that X and Y axis. It's a, it's a lot. It's um, <laughs> not easy. Yeah. What you guys did. Hopefully, hopefully this isn't too nerdy for your, for your viewers. <laughs> no, I think, I think people are curious and they uh, definitely I would tell people watch the visual of this on YouTube. So that way you can kind of see some of the hand gestures that we're making, but um yeah, I, I guess, you know, thinking about the, the viewers, like if, if someone does have an idea for an app, like what's a really easy way to work with a developer? Is it good to like um, wireframe it out? Uh, what, what makes things easier for a developer? Um, that's a good question. I mean, um, I think there's a lot of ways you can come at that because if, if you're a designer, I think you probably might have a little bit more um, – 
cohesive language if you're more of kind of like a producer production kind of person who just wants to get things done um i mean that's a really good question it's 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 just trying to find the common language you know um and with with mike working with mike i it was kind of a lot of um i think we were a really good partnership of a designer developer but i think a lot of it was just kind of like trusting the other's intuition and so you know i'm taking designs i'm like okay like maybe i don't understand why this is laid out like this but i'll develop it out and then i'll play with it and be like oh this is i now i know why mike designed it this way um <clears throat> or the vice versa it's like sometimes i come back to mike and i'm like hey like this button can we change it to this and he's like yeah and then it'll, you know it's kind of that trusting kind of thing and just kind of working together in a cohesive way that's awesome yeah it seems like you guys kind of complement each other well and you're able to yeah think about yeah the end user and that's interesting you bring up your even you kind of question it but then once you build it out you're like okay now it starts to make a little bit more sense just which is so nuts. That's something that I run into like in the video world too. You don't really know until you go out and like capture the footage and you start piecing it together, how it's going to start to, you know, come together. And there's always, I'm sure yeah. it's like anything. There's like a million workarounds, a million different ways to come to the same like solution in, uh, in the coding in the development world. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. There's, uh, especially with iOS development where things are notoriously not documented and like as the best way to do something. So there's probably a hundred different ways to do one thing. Yeah. So you guys are working within both environments of uh, iOS and on Android. So we, we actually only develop for iOS. Um, and this is, I mean, probably for, for my sake, uh, it, it would have taken me uh, as a, cause I don't know how to develop for Android or I've never done it. So it would have been like, a little bit more learning curve to do that um, and then kind of duplicate all the code into a new language. Um, it was kind of our choice to just kind of um, completely go all in on iOS, um, mm -hmm. which definitely we had a lot of followers on Instagram who were like, Android, please like give us the Android. And like, as much as we want to be like, yeah, we'll do it next week. It's like, that's something that's going to take, you know, months out of our time and also kind of take away from this experience on the iOS. So especially as two people, like if I had another developer, it might've been a different story. Oh but. my gosh. Yeah. That brings up a good, like, or something that I'm thinking about is like, how did you find the time? So would you just like, can you work on code for just like an hour or two at a time? Or do you really need to kind of like deep dive? And sorry if I'm really uh, like simplifying by just saying that you're working on code, but I'm sure that's like all the other aspects of the design and how, but like when you're working on it, did you work on it just like on an hour or two, like in the evenings, do you spend like a whole day on a weekend? What's your workflow usually like? Yeah. So, um, I find this to be true with myself, but if I'm working on something that I'm like really like intrigued to find an answer, I can just keep going. So, so a lot of it was actually, I mean, I'm working nine to five on my regular job or longer at sometimes. So um, a lot of it was in the evenings or weekends. And it would just be like, I'd have one task to do. And then I would kind of go down a rabbit hole and it'd be like, you know, six hours later. 
oh my God. whether I've solved it or not, but it's a good time. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's just fun talking with somebody that's like very passionate about what they do. And it sounds like it was a good, really good project for um, like scratching the curiosity itch for a lot, lack of a better uh, yeah, yeah. phrase, you know, for sure. Um, let's see. I think we've kind of really talked to, is there anything else you want to say about like type loop or anything I haven't asked you about it? Um, I'm not sure. I, there was a little bit about, um, the, just kind of like in, in terms of a kind of like our mouth or a word of mouth kind of advertising that we were doing. Um, when we did start kind of making premium features that we charge in the app, we kind of had a little bit of money to be like, um, okay, well now we can do something with this. Um, and we basically, you know, we weren't paying ourselves at this point. So it's like, well, we'll just put it all back in the app. So, so there's like app store advertising, but there's also Instagram advertising, um, and Snapchat advertising. Um, but, but kind of what we found to be most effective was actually, reaching out to influencers. So people on social media who will just kind of either do a paid post or, or a lot of times we were just like, Hey, like, do you want to try out our app? We'll give you like a free uh, year subscription to all the premium stuff. Um, they're like, sure. And so uh -oh. that turned out to be way more effective, I think, than um, running, you know, the traditional kind of, google ads or app store ads um and so when we get somebody who well the, when people would share it organically like we didn't pay them and they had like 80k followers on instagram you could instantly see like the downloads just spike and like um, that was pretty cool to see um but it was it was really interesting because you're like what kind of people are gonna want to do this um but yeah do you want to talk about what it was like working with these influencers or like, how did you vet which ones that you wanted to reach out to? Yeah, we didn't. So we didn't, uh, we reached out. We, so me and Mike use notion. Have you ever heard of notion? Um, yeah, it's for, it's, it, is that for like, no, I haven't heard of notion. All right. I thought, so I, I thought it was like a web development platform, but, uh, maybe it's, not. um, it's kind of like a file sharing, Kind of, it's kind of like Google Docs, but like on steroids. So like you can have um, like a Google document, um, but you can you can have spreadsheets and they're all kind of organized in folders and they're all shared. So we use that a lot. We actually started <clears throat> like a spreadsheet of just random Instagram profiles that we came across that were like, this person looks cool. And, you know, they got quite a bit of followers and they kind of have this aesthetic that we like. Um, and so we just added like names to that. And then we just kind of both were like reaching out, um, see if they wanted to try the app or like if they had their own kind of um, paid partnership kind of contract that they did. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of how that started. Um, and yeah. It that's was, awesome. It was just like finding people that we liked their style and they were kind of doing stuff cool. And we were like, yeah, like they'd be cool to work with this person. Who knows if they want to work with us, but can reach out. Yeah. Were they pretty approachable or like, did some of them get to like circle up a couple different times before getting feedback or before they would like respond or did you like, how, yeah. how did that, what that process look like? So, uh, 
basically I made a generic template of what I could send to these people, you know, of like, Hey, like you're cool. Do you want to check this out? Um, didn't do a lot of follow-up on people. It was more like, um, if they said they wanted to try the app, it was like, cool, send them a code. And then we didn't really kind of pressure them to do anything. Um, for people who, who didn't want to do a paid thing. Um, and I think we actually only had like two paid people. So those are people. And a lot of the times they reached out to us um, and they'd be like, Hey, I, you can pay me and I'll post it to my, you know, 50 K followers. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the process is pretty casual. Uh, mo I would say most of in general, the type loop kind of project we didn't, we kind of wanted to run this as just like, you know, two people who are kind of creatively invested in this thing. We don't want to kind of like drown ourselves with work. Um, and so we, we kind of kept it kind of casual in that way. That's awesome. That's really nice. You're able to just like, yeah, make it like a passion project, but it actually, you know, has some kind of reward at the end of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Were you ever uh, worried about like too many people getting onto the app and like, things crashing or anything that oh, yeah. you're like do you have to be fearful of things getting too big too fast like if you guys went viral would you have been screwed <laughs> i i was thinking about that yeah it was um because i i mean luckily we didn't have that many um bugs that's one thing that uh apple shows you is like how many downloads you have and how many crashes you have um and i remember one month i th i, I want to say we had like 10,000 downloads or something in a month and like eight crashes. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like <laughs> that feels good. Um, yeah. but, but there was, um, there was times when we get like a lot of, in so people like to reach out in the like Instagram DMS for support. And so that was usually me responding to those. And I, I kind of did some math in my head one day. I was like, okay, so if we have, you know, X amount of active users, and if that's like, and we're getting three DMs like a day. I'm like, oh shit, if we got up to like <laughs> some million, we're going to get like 300 messages a day and I'm not going to be able to do that. Oh so it gosh. was, I was very like, that was a little stressful being like, all right, we need to like, maybe we'd have to implement a whole support system or hire somebody. But, um, I mean, luckily kind of it didn't customer happen. support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I say luckily, but like that would have been pretty awesome anyways. Yeah. It's like a good <laughs> problem to have, but you just like, yeah, figure it out as it comes along. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was, it was just one thing that stressed me out probably for one day. Like I didn't think about that too much, but yeah, uh, it is an interesting thing to like, yeah. If you just astronomically blow up, like what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't think anyone's really prepared for it, but I'm sure there's people that are, that's like their whole thing is they'll reach out to be able to help you out. If you, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you think yeah. That there's you know, someone waiting in the wings, but yeah. Uh, and that was definitely something with kind of our growth was like, you kind of realize if you're just trying to be two people, keep your day jobs and you're making this thing. Um, if you're really trying to grow it, you're probably going to have to quit your day job, go 24 seven on it. And you're probably going to have to invest a lot more money into it. And so that's, that was kind of what led up to us ultimately selling it was being like, well, we're two people. We're kind of in an industry that's pretty competitive with like Instagram, Visco, 
all these other companies where Instagram is also known to just take whatever features people develop. So it's like, okay, we have this lead time. Um, if we're trying to build it in this next year or two to something competitive, we're already up against giants in this industry. So it was kind of a decision to be like, well, kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of see where you're at and just kind of take, take the money and go <laughs> a little yeah. bit, you know, just because once you realize that you'll ultimately probably be crushed by the competition, unless you really invest all your time into it, you kind of have to just make that decision at some point. Yeah. Cause it, yeah, if you don't have the teams and the resources, yeah, you're competing with Goliath, which is kind of sad. I would say for maybe some of the other like app developers out there. Cause that probably discourages some people from trying to do things. Um, yeah. But that's, uh, you know, the reality of, you know, capitalism, capitalist society. Yeah. Know. I mean, and it's also just being, um, our, our main form of usage is to be used on these other platforms. And so we are very like adjacent kind of app. Uh, uh, I mean, we are a creator tool that can be used anywhere, but ultimately we saw the most usage being social media. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome though. A very, very cool story. Um, and just of how you've been able to do the impossible and uh, is, yeah. And it came to like a nice ending too. Um, we talked a little bit about like advertising. Did you guys ever um, have like ads on the app itself? So uh, no, we never did apps or ads on the app. Um, that was kind of a, uh, kind of a conscious decision um, just to be like, that's not how we want to make revenue. Um, that's definitely one way to go. Um, but I think personally, we, we didn't have, we didn't have any sort of, we didn't log any information about people at all. So we actually didn't collect emails. We didn't have user accounts. Um, and that's just kind of, that was kind of something I wanted to try was like, you know, how far can you get without, you know, ultimately making money off people's data or mm -hmm. making money off of like screen real estate. Um, but yeah, uh, so I don't really have too much experience in, in mobile ads, but uh, it's, it's definitely one way to make money. That's awesome. Well, you guys maintained like the cool factor. I think it's cool yeah. when, you, when you don't have that stuff. <laughs> yeah, ease you know. of use and yeah, it's easy to just like, I don't know, we need to make five cents off of every click or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah um well do you have any like what what does the future hold what do what do you got in on the horizon for you ah uh, i don't know i not much no no side projects right now i uh you probably like it that way i know you're you, <laughs> like with your day job it can fluctuate of yeah like yeah. You said, eight hours a day to 16 hours a day it can it can get pretty it can get pretty busy i'm actually i was working on uh an a calculator app which sounds very nerdy but <laughs> who knows i feel like that's been done so like what were you doing oh, it's been was done. like Wait, uh, <laughs> i have i actually have a uh, a favorite mac app called numi that's like a calculator where you just kind of it's almost like coding it's almost like a code calculator mm -hmm. and they've been they were supposed to make an ios app and they haven't done it for the past like four years i'm like well maybe i'll just make one similar to it <laughs> make it for my own usage. So we'll see. <laughs> that's really cool. That's, that's absolutely inspiring. Um, 
not not easy to do one of the things i wanted to ask you you know with so you read all these like computer like languages you know different codes like can you speak like actual languages like other different languages in real life me yeah just random side uh, question <laughs> i no. so i i i've i've been doing duolingo for spanish recently um, that's cool that's probably the most i know i took japanese in high school i don't really know much um, gotcha but so they are yeah. they are two different schools of thought different ways of thinking i would say so but um i really don't know i i've actually had i've heard stories of people who have um dreams in different languages you know like that's kind of a sign when you're finally starting to understand the language you start dreaming in spanish even though you know english is your native language um and i've had code dreams so who knows which <laughs> code that's dreams really are cool the, so it's the very it's the very worst it's like you're sometimes it can be like a nightmare where you're like stuck in some situation and you're like thinking of an algorithm that will get you out of it and like <laughs> that's Whoa. i've had many of those so they're very abstract i don't know they don't make any sense but are you are you able to like wake up and write down the code and like see if it actually works or something? <laughs> no, I haven't. I should try. But it's mostly like, what should I eat for food? And it's like, oh, 12 plus two. <laughs> that's too funny. I that's actually really trippy. I've never even heard that kind of story before, but like I think a lot of the listeners will think that's uh that's a trip. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had a couple of times where I've like dreamt like a, a few words or two in Spanish and I look it up and like, it really means nothing. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> I thought I was close. You're there. You're almost there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, this has been really cool having you on the show, Mike. Um, yeah. thank you for taking the time and talking about your app. I love the setup. You got the blue lights and, um, I think, yeah. you know, I think you got one of uh, the former interviewees uh, book in there, Bucket's book oh. behind you. Yeah, I got the Bucket's book. Shout out to Grant Lemons. Yeah, and Philip. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, Well, very cool. Best of luck in the new year. And um, yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to get this out there and uh, we'll keep you posted on for everyone that's tuning in, uh, we have all the links in the description. You can connect with Mike, ask him you know, questions in the DMS and, uh, check out type loop. Yeah. Even though you guys aren't working on it anymore, it's still really cool. And I hope it keeps doing better because the better that app does, I think it, you know, reflects good on you guys. Right. Yeah. I hope it does well too. Yeah. But yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. And, uh, yeah. Enjoy the rest of the day. Enjoy your weekend. Awesome. Yeah. Later, man. All right. Goodbye everyone. Thanks for tuning into Vidmark, a place for all your video marketing needs. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and tune in every Thursday morning on either iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and more. For a behind the scenes look and some bonus tips, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Until next time, good luck with your video marketing efforts, and remember, always hit the mark.